Welcome to the Post Ride Cafe with your hosts, Sam and Aaron. The podcast all about cycling. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. And this is episode 29. What's up, dude? Not much, man. Uh, it's a pretty good day. Yeah. Um, are you excited for racing? Dude, I am so excited for racing. I feel like I was just randomly talking to people and they were like, oh, do you watch pro racing? And I'm like, uh, yes. I drop a little podcast info on them. and uh, But I, I think that's the general consensus for people right now. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to like get your hopes up, but I guess tomorrow the Belgian Federation is going to have a meeting to decide if they're going to alter their schedules or cancel races. So like like uh any of the riders that could be competition for Zagan can't race uh no like races in belgium oh yeah that wouldn't be cool yeah i guess there's been a, a little bit of a, a surge in some testing positives and stuff for the for the covid so they're gonna have a meeting it might just affect small races and not the world tour that are in a couple months but that would kind of blow yeah wouldn't be that great yeah, but quick, before we uh, let's just skip all that noise, let's get right into our show. Today we're going to be covering the Strati Bianchi race preview. I love this race so much, so I'm super excited to talk about it. But we're also going to talk about AG2R's team shakeup. And Ben Flouten is up to her usual tricks, as well as Sibui Saibu Tour. I don't know how to pronounce that. And then also RCS reveals a little more details about this year's Zero, the opening in Sicily. So got a pretty cool episode. I'm pretty excited. Um, and let's get right into it. How can people get a hold of us? Yeah, they can uh, get to us on Instagram at Cafe and at Twitter at Cafe as well. Awesome. Well, as we always do, let's start with our Strava Stats of the Week. Stats, dude. So not quite. I'm not an embarrassment to the show this week. <laughs> I mean, you didn't hit a hundred, which is typical. So exactly, we'll, we'll let it go. But it was pretty dang close. So I ended up with 91 miles and 4,600 feet. So overall, you know, I've had this new approach to this summer. I, for some reason, the summer is really getting to me, and the heat's just kind of being annoying. Uh, plus, I had a saddle sore last week that seems to be healed up. So I didn't uh, rode a little bit more, but. I just want to like coast through the summer and just like gets a lot of zone two type stuff. I think is how I'm approaching it currently. Mm. Yeah, I haven't really been affected by the summer. Huh. That's <laughs> very interesting. You're I don't not, know like, why. A really hot climate. Uh, no, I, I think it was like maybe 72 when I was riding today. Whew. Did you bring like a towel? I mean, I kind of needed one for the humidity, but that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so I had a. 256 miles and uh, 17,000 feet of climbing this week. Pretty yeah. good one. Well, that's good because I looked at it this morning uh, or yesterday maybe when I was putting in the show notes and I was like, it is a weak week, only 182 miles, like 11,000 like, feet. And then, well, we'll talk about that later. Bastard had to one-up me. <laughs> so my ride of the week would have to be today. I did Silent Sunday, which is South Mountain. It's closed. I got up pretty early. I wanted to do that. Because I've just been slacking. I mean, part of it's just looking at all your climbing feet the last month. But the other half is just, 
I just miss climbing and I, you know, I've been trying to do more group rides and things like that. So it kind of cuts into that right now as my climbing is only really available during Sundays if I want to do South mountain or whatever. And so it's kind of been a catch 22 in that regard, but I went out there this morning, got there about five 30 and just realized I have no climbing legs <laughs> compared to how I was last year. And you know, and I wasn't too disappointed. I was like, all right, fine. Like I'm just going to stay in zone two or whatever, and just kind of pedal it out and just get some base and just kind of get used to being back into climbing. And so having that in mind like it was great it was just slower than i expected but looking at my time i actually was under 40 minutes i was kind of thinking i was going so slow i thought it was going to be like one of my worst times so not not where i want to be obviously i'm like 10 minutes off my pr but i wasn't trying for a pr so therefore it was fine but yeah just um it's still warm you know and it's starting to get a little bit humid here as my ride on friday we had monsoon kind of come in in the afternoon which was you know, kind of cool because I rode ahead of the wind. I didn't realize it was there. So that when I turned around, it was like just so blustery and windy. It was crazy. Yeah, you were out trying to take my uh, KOM or, or something. I was. I thought you had this one KOM. And as I was coming back, I was like, dude, I'm going straight into a headwind and this would be a great tailwind. I mean, it was probably 20 miles an hour. Dang. I mean, I was going like eight miles an hour and I was just like, at a, I just couldn't pedal. Like it was just super hard wind. And um, I almost got it. Well, I was like two seconds off your time, which was apparently not even close to the KOM. But that that KOM segment's a little tough because that's usually where people leave their Garmin on and you know get some weird times. Yeah, uh, I guess the other one like it's just the climb or I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't have all the KOMs. Obviously, I have I have. Yeah, one. I think your KOM on that is like actually in the park. I was just going up the road, so I didn't realize that. But it was like. I think you have like the same time as McNulty and then the guy that's like, and you're like eighth or something. And the guy that's ahead is like 10 or 12 seconds on a, like a 40 second segment. So it's like, this is no way. So. That dude's really fast. I've, I've seen him around uh, kind of like out in West wing area. Oh, maybe, maybe he is legit then. No, no. Yeah, he is. He is. My apologies to him. But yeah, so <laughs> it was nice. It was kind of crowded today. There's a lot of bikes out um, considering we're in the middle of the summer. Obviously it was, five o'clock six o'clock in the morning so there's a lot more people out but yeah i, I got passed by a lot of people dude I, I don't know what that feels like no well, I, do you know what zone two feels like <laughs> no i don't know what that is either exactly but yeah overall it was fine i, I really enjoyed being out there and i could have gone up another lap but i wanted to get back and have some coffee with the lady and, and kind of go get my day going but uh, maybe Maybe next week I'll go out, but I'm definitely planning on once the summer's over and I start bringing my bike to work again, I can just go and do San Juans and stuff like I was doing at the beginning of the year and kind of get my climbing in that way. But because I do really enjoy the group rides, but they do cut into Silent Sunday opportunities unless I can do West Valley and then next day go to Somo, but it's a little tough. Anyway, what, uh, tell me about your ride, man. You had a pretty crazy ride today. Yeah, I was... I was trying to coordinate with some people and it just didn't work out. And I was like, uh, I wanted to, I was kind of building throughout the week to make a bigger ride. And so I just went out, uh, ended up being about 73 miles and 5,000 feet of climbing, uh, which is up the normal way that I go. It's like left-hand Canyon. I, I think I talked about it the other week. It's consistent 10 mile climb back to uh, getting past though. 
uh, I had passed this girl on a like a flatter portion and then maybe like five miles later I see her and she like passes me and I was like oh man I wanted to I wanted to go for it um, but she was I mean I'm I'm using the Strava and this is, is now as, as a dating app so um, but well, of course, why wouldn't you? At least it's more effective than like, you know, whatever the dating apps are, Bumble or Tinder or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but no, she. I mean, she seemed super cool. She was, she was cruising, but I was. She went the other way, and that I was going, and I was like, I have another ten miles of climbing, and I, I can't, I can't do that. So I, I had to do that twice today. Is back off of somebody who like went and passed me like these two guys passed me on a flatter section and then they like just kind of faded back and then I was just doing my same pace and passed them and then they were like hey we're on your wheel and then they just like sucked that for a while and then passed me it's just I don't know stuff like that's annoying like just go your pace like if you're gonna yeah. do it and if you're gonna put in like an a dig or a little attack like hold that if, if that's what you're you're gonna do that's fine um yeah i don't know maybe they just killed them just to get to your wheel and they needed to recover a little bit and then drop me <laughs> but yeah i guess exactly dude i was kind of thinking today i was like almost like debating i'm like do i just turn into a time trialist or something because like you know i just have a, a body more suited for flats or, or something like that we kind of talked about more of a classics george hink happy type look and so it's a little tougher to climb but i just I just need to climb more at the end of the day. And so I got to make that a, my goal was always to do at least 4,000 feet of climbing a week. And I've been just so low, like I'm getting like a thousand. I mean, it doesn't help that I'm not riding either, but just, yeah, just not getting nearly enough climbing. Yeah. I was going to say, honestly, like until this last week or week or two, like I, this is like the first that I've actually felt like, back into climbing shape and this has been like a solid month of hitting climbing again so it, yeah it's, the legs definitely go and i i i mean expect this i was like next silent sunday that i'm there like we're you know i'm doing it you can do it too if you want but i was like i i can't let this go so i, I want to i think make that kind of the consistent thing especially when it's hot just go out there and and do those real early and, and call it good. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, my goal is still to beat my uh, PR on Strava this year, but I'm going to have to focus on that after the summer. Oh, and, yeah. Um, hit it pretty hard and like try to do more, you know, two, three, four summits at a time and just really get those legs kind of going. For sure. It, yeah, it's not something you want to go for in the heat. It's right now. It's just main, maintenance pretty much. Exactly. Cool. Well, yeah, it looked like a pretty awesome ride. 73 miles is, is pretty good. I've been trying to, we both keep trying to bump up our, our average rides and I'm already up double or 10, 10, 12 miles than I was the year before. So yours are, I'm sure creeped up there as well. Yeah. Let's get into some pro news, man. Yeah. Well, first off, we wanted to talk about AG2R. They're kind of in the middle of a shakeup. We talked about this on their team episode a few episodes ago with, you know, the rumors of Bardet leaving and at the time i don't think they had mentioned it but latour is also out you know he's already sort of confirmed like under the table that he's going to direct energy and so kind of leaves ag2r in a weird position because they've spent the last 
you know, four or five years really hitting it for GC with Bardet. And then it seemed like they were going to pivot to the tour. And so I don't know if it's really kind of taken them by surprise or not, but it seems Direct Energies, you know, they've been serious about trying to go up to the world tour. And, you know, they started with Nikki Terpstra and then they grabbed a few other guys. And so it definitely seems like they're, they're, you know, French owned. And so they're really looking to bring themselves up and grabbing the tour who's pretty young and has a lot of promise is one way of kind of confirming that, you know, seriousness. Yeah, no, I think it's a good move for them, for AG2R. It's the whole team uh, kind of style and approach is, is going to have to change, I think, after this, because I can't see them being a GC-focused team any longer. Oh, no. And I, honestly, I don't think that's ever been something they wanted, right? Even throughout their history, they've always had some good riders, but they've always been like stage hunters. If they were climbers, you know, they could get into a break or go for polka dots or something like that yeah and so building up bardet and the tour through their ranks i don't i think they were just kind of like all right this guy has a lot of promise let's let's go ahead and see if we can do it but you know they're just not they don't have the budget to be on the same level as Ineos or yumbo visma or some of these big teams and so it actually makes sense now that they're these two guys are leaving that they can kind of go back to their old style maybe but it seems you know they've kind of started to think about their classic squad a little bit more because you have Nason and then they brought on his brother. So you have them and you got a couple other guys, but Dillier. And then now it's rumored that GBA has said, Hey, I want to join your team. You know, obviously right now he's on CCC team, which is going to be, you know, extinct after this season. And so he's kind of at that age where it's harder to find a good contract because teams aren't really interested in your expense, even though you're worth it or based on your previous wins, but it's hard to build a team around somebody who's kind of older, right? You see that with Gilbert where, you know, he's never going to be the main guy on a team, but he's obviously going to be a solid factor. And so it's interesting. I know that Nason and GBA ride together and train together. So maybe it's something he's like, you know what? I want to hang out with him, join his team. You know, obviously they're going to have some cap space. And so I'll let him know, Hey, I'm interested in you guys and, and see where it goes. It seems like, when you're at that level of offering yourself, you're going to get a little bit less, but he might get that consistency that he's missed in the last couple of seasons. You know, they're one of the longest teams. Yeah, no. And I think that's, that makes sense for both, both parties. Cause it's like, we're refocusing and being more of a classics team. You need a team and, and you'll just slot right in with some other guys. So now we can have a few more options and, He'd been complaining, I think, last year or the year before of just not having enough support in general, which I think he'll have a little more support. So it it works out for everybody. Yeah, and it takes the pressure off of uh, Nason to, you know, he's kind of the main classics guy. And so having GVA would just relieve that burden a little bit, kind of what you see with Degen Cobb and and Gilbert. Degen Cobb's kind of always been on teams where he was the only guy. So it's a little tough. So we'll see how that develops. But makes sense to me i I think that ag2r kind of goes to that newer go back kind of kind of back to their old style and i think it just makes more sense yeah no i i agree so the other thing you have here looks like the rcs released the details of the opening of the giro de uh the giro in sicily so that's kind of cool because i think that was supposed to be in budapest 
uh, initially. Yeah, Hungary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now they're doing the op opening TT there. Looks like uh, stage two is a punchy finish. Then stage three, you have a top Mount Etna. So I think that's a it's a good move for them now, you know, to to fill in that space that would have been in Hungary and and put some quality uh, quality stages in there. Yeah, and I don't know which stage it is. I don't know if it's stage four or two or whatever, but I hear it's like minutes away from Messina. So you know, the shark's gonna be there. <laughs> He's the shark of Messina. Like, so it's, it's just going to be good. No, I mean, last time they finished on Mount Etna, I believe it was when there was a volcano eruption. So there was like smoke and stuff. And so they were worried about it can canceling the stage, but they actually just ran the stage. And yeah, it was pretty kind of backdrop excitement. But yeah, I mean, all four, I think there's four stages in Sicily. The fourth one's just got a sprint stage, so no one cares. But <laughs> an opening 15k time trial is actually really interesting you know usually these prologues are like 10 or less or 12 so 15 is a little bit longer of a prologue so we're actually going to see some gc stuff right at the get-go and then you have the pit the punchy finish for the punchures but as we've seen before you know with like Cadell evans i believe he took a, a yellow uh, jersey or or i think yellow he was it was up super best. I think Gilbert got the yellow jersey, but he was next in line and they were on the same team. And so kind of moved him up in GC. So you can definitely see some three stages in a row that could have varying degrees of implication on the GC. So I think that's exciting to start off a grand tour that way, where we're so used to like tour de France, where it's like one week is pretty much just like getting out your nerves and a bunch of sprint stages. And even the tour this year is a little bit more mountainous. So I don't know. I think uh, it's pretty exciting. I know Sicily was supposed to be the start next season, and so they just pushed it up to this one. Yeah, as I was looking at the first two stages, I was like, that looks like a, a Venipole in pink right there. Well, exactly. Yeah, 15K time trial, that's definitely going to be a Venipole in pink, which I don't think it's going to help his hype train at all, but <laughs> that, that, that Express will be full blast from day one. Well, at least we'll know pretty quickly at stage three being at Aetna, that if he's going to be able to hang or not. Yeah. So if I, if Vinopole gets pink on stage one, holds it on stage two, I mean, he could even win the first two stages. Let's be real. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if he'd lose it on stage three, but I wouldn't be surprised if he like loses it by a few seconds and kind of passes off the, the responsibilities on his team and takes it at the next time trial or something like that. But, yeah, it's definitely uh, set out to be an opening that's like tailored for him at this point. Yeah, and you know, stage two, I don't know about him winning because Sagan is obviously going to win stage two. So that's true. Well, it depends on how punchy of a finish. I mean, Sagan isn't really known for, you know, depending how steep it is. Like he doesn't do Liège, Bastion, Liège, and Amstel Gold, right? So I don't know if that's necessarily to his liking. But I don't know what the stage looks like, so I, I don't, I don't know, but. All I know is what was that the uh, Tour of Colombia? Which which race was it? One of the earlier stage races, Evenepoel won that that punchy climb to the finish. So that's kind of where I'm pulling from. So I expect him to win. Gotcha. I'll just call it now, stage one and stage two. So whoever I'm hoping I get to pick first or second <laughs> in these stages, so I can pick Evenepoel. Yeah, I, that will that'll be nice for you, I'm sure. You know, I, I'm looking forward to that for sure. That's going to be. I don't know. Just like picking picking riders and going through our competition was so much fun last season, and so I'm definitely hoping to 
to continue that now that the season's back on. I was pretty bummed when that, that stopped. So, Yeah, we just need to get that Classics ones going, too. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah, and we'll have to do that next season. But, yeah, the, definitely this the Classics competition. I still want to design a jersey for that. And maybe at some point I was even talking about, like, opening up to our audience and they can kind of join. And then whoever wins, you know, can get a jersey that's custom for, like, the Classics or something. I still think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Speaking of uh, classics here, we're, it's, it's not an official classic, but we have a Strata Bianchi here. Yeah, that's uh, next week, next Saturday. Yeah, that uh, that's going to be awesome. Now, I will say it's one of my favorite earlier classics, and it has nothing to do with the fact that Cancelar won it like three times. <laughs> that he has a, a, sec- a sector named after him now because he's won it so many times. Yeah. Exactly. It has nothing to do with that at all. But No, I mean, that's obviously part of it. He dominated it at the beginning, but he wasn't the only person. I mean, a couple other people have won it a couple times as well. So I thought he won it like four times or something, but I think it's just three. But either way, it's turned out even through the people who were in the tour. It's not a world tour race. I think it is now, but when it first started. But the, the favorites list, I mean, it's just stacked. But before we get to that, just real quick, it's, you know, it's a classic. It's 184 kilometers. The what was special about this race is they're they're raced on the white roads of Italy, right? That's what Strade Bianchi means, and so there's sections of dirt, and so there's a lot of dust. But if it's rainy, there's mud, that kind of stuff. And the final climb, I think, is so iconic. The up the road up to Siena is like cobbled a little bit, and it's like sixteen percent at one point, but it's super narrow. And I love these like narrow climbs and. The helicopter's way above, and all you can see is from the top bird's eye view. And I don't know. I just think visually it's a really cool finale. One of my favorites. It's Except amazing. That, that last dip into the finish is pretty sketch because it's downhill. It's a little like cobbledy, and like it's a sharp bend. Like I was like, it's usually just, wet. <laughs> so <laughs> that too. I I think one person fell before even, but yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a really cool finish to a classic. It's one of my favorite finishes. I think. Yeah, I I mean, not to agree with you, but it, it really is. Like, just those narrow, like, old streets in Italy, like, it's just amazing. And I remember the few years back when, um, I think maybe it was the first time that Wout Venner, uh raced yeah. that, and he was just turned himself inside out. And now I feel like it's that iconic picture of him just, like, sprawled out on the ground, just demolished. And yeah, well, I think that was actually just his first world tour race. It might have been. Yeah, I remember I was talking about this in the Peloton Reddit thread, and someone was like, yeah, me too. I really remember that, and he posted the YouTube video. I, I forgot that he actually just cramped on his bike and like just fell over, like going yeah. up that thing. Yeah. Like, for some reason, I remembered it being like he was on the ground, like, you know, after the stage or something, but I totally forgot that he just like cramped and fell over. And so... Uh, that was pretty so i got to watch that again today and i was like man that was just so cool like that that partly why you know he was even up there last season and like i, I just feel like he's gonna this is his year man i i definitely am, am calling my shot on him to to win this thing but yeah i, I have know. to say i mean he he definitely wants it that's that's for sure yeah quick quick sidebar so yeah he got on his bike and clipped back in and started pedaling up that uphill, which reminded me, I forgot to mention this. I was doing South Mountain this morning, and you know that very last climb 
you know, you crest and then go down and then up at the finish. Uh Well, some asshole was coming down on that section and I was just about to hit it and he overcooked the corner and almost hit me. Oh, man. And so I had to clip out and that's already like eight, nine percent before you make that left. So I had to I had to clip out and stop. And he like, you know, I'm glad he didn't crash or whatever, but it was really unfortunate timing. So then I had to like go down and try to loop around and it's a very kind of a narrow road. So I had to do it a couple times to get like clipped in and back around and get going again. So it was kind of annoying. But. Yeah. I feel like that hits 17 or 18% right there right? at the very that, end. Yeah. It's like 13 or 14, but I'm sure that little corner, especially if I took it on the inside, like I normally would want to <laughs> probably hits that for sure. But no, uh, just reminded me because wow. on that video clip had clipped in and, and actually kept going. I mean, the first time he tried clipping and he fell again, but yeah, that was, um, that was just a cool race. But yeah, I mean, Wowd is definitely a favorite for this, I think. But like we were kind of talking before the show, there is a lot of favorites. Like this race this race just brings a lot of big names. Yeah. I mean, kind of going through the list real quickly. Uh, obviously, Wout Benart. We have Al Philippe, Sagan, uh, Vanderpool, uh, GVA, uh, Gilbert, Poulsang. Uh, Benut, Shockman, Moscon, Nibley, maybe Pochagar, and Kibikowski. Yeah. I mean, just, that's a lot of big names, man. Like, that's, yeah. you know, Alaphilippe, obviously defending champion. Benut, he won it a couple years ago in a really cool, sort of half wet one. Uh, Sagan's won it. Fuglesang was second last year. Sagan has last not year. won it. You keep saying that, man. And it just, uh, I wish he I has. I guess I just like have it in my head that he won. I don't know why I keep mentioning that. I guess like I honestly just, just so I truly I believe he has won this race. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, even Roman Bardet has got second in this race. <laughs> oh, he's gotten second. <laughs> so. Yeah. So Sagan's just as good as Roman Bardet. Oh, that's brutal. You're going to say he <laughs> looks right, like him too now. Up. Right? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly just, for some reason in my head, I just feel like he's won this race. I guess that's just the nature of Sagan. He's just capable of winning, you know, any of these races. So it's just a shock that he hasn't, I suppose. But either way, I mean, maybe this is his year. Again, I think it's the steep climbs. It's not his style, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's short. I mean, he he has won Flanders, which has a a similar kind of steep cobble climbs. I think they hit over 20. Um, Trying to think of who I'm going to go for my pick. If if we'll say, you know, Wout Venard is up there for a top favorite I'm trying to think of how if i've seen vanderpool cl- hit climbs like that um i'm gonna go yeah, i think this is his first time doing it so he's kind of a wild card he obviously has mad potential well but... and it's not like i mean he races cross so the the dirt's not going to bother him no i mean to be fair the dirt is mostly just sort of a spectacle unless it's wet I mean, it doesn't really affect it that much because they're pretty nice dirt roads. I don't think they're very rutted or anything like that. They're not my memory. It's just sort of, you know, some dust. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Shockman. I, I feel like uh, he's gonna kind of solo it out. Yeah, and that's not a bad pick. I mean, he can obviously do those climbs. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I think still this... going for Watt von Art. I think it's his big goal. of before he does the Tour de France, obviously, like I mentioned before. So I think this and Paris-Roubaix are his big targets, and, I, and I've already called him winning both of those. Yeah, So, and real quickly on there, I saw today that 
they Italy just imposed a 14-day quarantine on any of the riders who are coming from Romania. So any of them that were in the Cebu or Cebu tour, not going to be allowed to race Strade, which I'm not sure who that's going to exactly affect. Uh, I mean, the start list wasn't complete anyways, and I didn't see anyone for Israel Startup Nation. So I, I don't know who they were going to have. Um, and it could be a domestique for uh, Bora, but I, I feel like a lot of the teams might have anticipated some of this and, and why some of the riders are like, okay, we're staying in Italy this whole time and just doing Italian races. Um, yeah, well, this this Cebu, uh, Cebu race uh, is pretty small anyway. It's not like it's, it's mostly smaller teams, so I, I don't expect any major riders to get caught up in this, but... Yeah, definitely a domestique or two will, will probably be um, kind of cut, you know, cut out on that. Yeah, and for the women's, uh, I went and looked, and they don't really have almost anyone on the start list yet. Uh, the only two notables uh, that I have are uh, Van Vluten and uh, Anna Van der Breggen, which both of those, I think, could definitely take the win. Both of them are good at climbing and can handle a race like that. Yeah. Well, if we had to pick one of them, I mean, well, based on form, I mean, based on current form, which we can get into real quickly here. Yeah. So basically, I looked. She has entered four races this year, and she has won all four races this year, starting with Omloop earlier this year, and then now the they were like three classic style, I guess, or one day races in Spain. Yeah. Yeah, so she won all three of them, and she even waited for uh, someone on on one of them. She had a mechanical and was like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to win. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to win like that, and uh, then dropped her again later. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was like still 50K to go or something, which obviously is like a short solo for her, but uh, didn't she have like an 80K like solo or something last earlier this season? But I think so. Um, yeah, that must have been Omloop then. But yeah, so... She's just been crushing it, and it's like she's just on another level, and it's kind of cool, you know. She's in the world champ jersey, and so there's always been this curse, and she's just like, yeah, I'll just keep winning. It's no big deal. Yeah, I think she's 37 too. It's just crazy. She's she's the uh, female Valverde right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm assuming people like her a lot more than they like Valverde. Probably so. Yeah, she's just been super impressive. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, you'd be a fool to pick anyone but her for this race, especially with that climb at the end. It's definitely, you know, if she's going to lose, it's going to be to Vanderbregen or, you know, um, Longo Bergini if she's in it as well. So there's, you know, a handful of really top riders right now. And, and yeah, but still, you'd be a fool not to pick Van Vlaten for sure. Yeah. So guess we'll find cool. out. Yeah, we'd uh, let's let's cover the uh, the other race here that we have the got to figure out how to pronounce this the the Cebu Tour. This is called the the Cebu Tour, or you know we could call it the Bora Show if you want. <laughs> I was gonna say that that's what it should be called. Yeah. So this is what a small stage race in Romania. Uh, I've watched a few stages. I'll, I'm sure you watched a lot more of it than I did, but just my quick takeaway is all these races in Europe, I just need to go there. Like it's looked super cool. You know, the roads weren't like super tremendous, but it was just the mountains. I watched stage. What is it? One where they had an uphill finish and it was just 
I don't know, just good views, man. I love good mountains, and and that's definitely on my on my to do list is going to Italy and riding my bike. But uh, it looked pretty cool. Yeah, I I mean that's I think a, a big reason maybe why a lot of people watch cycling in general. It's just the the backdrop and landscapes are beautiful, and like you were saying stage one was exactly that. Um, so real quickly, so the prologue, I I wasn't familiar with the winner. Uh, Nicodemus Haller won that. It was a short prologue. Um, and the, the big takeaway from that was Patrick Conrad was 15 seconds back, same time as uh, Rudy Barbier, uh, who's the sprinter from Israel Startup Nation. So pretty much setting him up for the overall win right off. And uh, on stage one, I mean, Conrad and Mulberger go 1-2 on the finish. And it's clear that they're the strongest team and the strongest two. Yeah. Well, that. so my only issue with that is when these big world tour teams join a smaller race, it's it's kind of unfortunate because they just tend to dominate it. Like, you can yeah. definitely see the difference in skill or, or just um, talent, equipment or just whatever. Yeah, they just, like, look so much stronger than the other teams. You kind of saw that in the Colombian races as well where um, it's a little different, you know, but... Yeah, it's just like, I don't know, I watched the last five or six K of that, and, and Conrad was just <laughs> blowing it out in his, you know, champion's jersey, and, and it was just, yeah, just going to town and just, yeah, it was. it's just such a different field. I do think that there were supposed to be more teams there, that they, some of them pulled out. I know, not World Tour, but Alpes and Phoenix and Vanderpool was supposed to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, the race itself can't do anything about that. It's just kind of how it is right now. Correct. But, but there have been plenty of those where it's, I think I would kind of go to like Tour Utah sometimes will be like BMC and or whatever CCC now or whatever it is. And EF are like the only two World 2 Dreams. And it's clear like, you know, they have an amazing mountain train or something like that. And nobody has anything else. Yep. But yeah, so for the rest of it, uh, stage two, uh, Ackerman pretty handily beat uh, Barbier in a sprint. Uh, stage 3A, uh, the only thing that kind of got interesting here is Mulberger just went out and super strong and was su- supposed to be just a domestique and took a minute on everyone, including Conrad. So he, he took the leader's jersey and ended up giving getting the overall as well yeah i mean it was so when i watched stage one i thought it was really weird at the time because conrad's just doing all this work he's off solo mulberger like pulls him back and just rides his wheel for like two or three k and then in like the last 500 meters just kind of goes ahead of him and takes the stage and i was like man i don't really get that that's kind of messed up and then you and then also a guy on, on the reddit was just like oh no he like Conrad's going to win the overall, and so Mulberger, you know, got the stage win. I was like, oh, okay, that makes way more sense. You know, I didn't realize how the prologue had gone or whatever, and so it just kind of sucks because, I mean, Mulberger's a beast anyway, and so, yeah, not surprising he, you know, blasted out that ITT and just took over, but sucks for Conrad. Yeah, and then the last stage, Ackerman went, you know, easily won that. It was kind of cool, though, because it wasn't a straightforward um, sprint. It was kind of twisty and cobbled and uphill, and 
uh, his lead out man Schwarzman got second. So it's like I said, it's the Bora show on there. Yeah, that reminds me. Was it was it Ackerman or Bennett, the one that was at kind of a long sprint with a slide uphill that he just like attacked super early and just rode up the whole way? I, I want to say it was Ackerman, but it might be Bennett. Uh, I'm not sure. That's more Bennett's style. Like he's better on an on an uphill, but I'm not sure. I guess which one you're you're looking at. I'll have to watch this one. But yeah, it kind of just reminded me of that's kind of have happened before with Bora. I, I, obviously, they had great sprinters last season, so I can't remember who it was. But yeah, I mean, they definitely crushed it. I mean, that, that was like the main takeaway here is Bora was the best team here. Obviously, it was against smaller, you know, lower competition as far as tier. But yeah, they're. They're looking like they're coming into the restart of this season with some good form. And, you know, Israel Startup Nation, Barbier, you know, won a, a race or two earlier this season. And you know, Israel Startup Nation had a couple wins already. So they're, they're coming back in with good form. And, you know, they're going to take that into the next few races. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the main thing, I think. And that's probably going to be what we're seeing from everybody. I would assume that all these World Tour teams have not, you know, taking this as a vacation. They're going to come in full force when, when oh, the racing yeah. starts back up. Like, there's, there wasn't a drop at all in quality, I, I feel like. Yeah. Well, now that there's been no testing, everyone's just dope to the gate. <laughs> I mean, we were going to just eschew that, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, no, who knows? But yeah, you're right. I mean, they probably took a little bit of time off. You know, cyclists don't necessarily and pro athletes in general don't always have the luxury of having you know quality time with their families that's part of the sacrifice and so i'm sure they took the first few weeks off and just were like who knows what's going to happen i'm just gonna why bother riding your bike when you don't know what you're riding for and so i think a lot of them have had the opportunity to do kind of what cyclists used to do which was actually have an off season and go i mean some of them back then just either worked on a family farm or had jobs or whatever but you know, the money wasn't quite as much as it, as it, as it is today, but uh, I think a lot of them just have a chance to actually just relax and just become refreshed and are ready to uh, hit this short three-month season. Yeah, and I mean, maybe we'll see just a different style of kind of racing coming up in the future. I, I feel like that's how it used to be a little bit, kind of how you were saying, and now there's this expectation that you race year round. Like, you know, these guys are doing cross on the off season. It never stops. And they're expected also to be in peak form for a year. Like it's, it's crazy. So I don't know. We'll see what comes up, you know, next year. Yeah, no, I definitely think they're refreshed and they're going to, it's going to be a really, like we've talked about it. Like if this calendar continues to, to stay on, you know, there's no cancellations or whatever. Like, it's going to be an exciting, exciting season. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Hell yeah, me too, man. <laughs> I think that about wraps. Does that wrap it up or am I missing something? No, I think uh, looking through, I think that's about it, man. All right, cool. Well, next week, well, we're going to recap Strata Bianchi because we'll have watched it and we'll see just how bad Wu Van Art puts a whooping on uh, Maximilian Schachmann. <laughs> I was going to say, we'll see how bad our predictions are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, real quick. I wanted to put a dark, I don't want to say dark horse, but I obviously already think Wout's going to win. But um, if he doesn't, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just make everyone mad and, and just hope Fuglesong wins. 
I mean, if you want to make people really mad, have have Moscon win. Dude, that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, just Ineos ever winning anything, people are already going to get mad, and Moscon's already kind of you know on the on the naughty list in general. I don't know how he's sort of still in the Peloton, but no idea. Yeah, that'd be a pretty good one. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, that and uh, next week we're gonna preview Milan San Remo, so that's coming up the week after, and after that we got right into Il Lombardia. So it's gonna be a weird season, but yeah, next week MSR. I think there's a, a small stage race uh, next week as well, Volta Burgos. Maybe that's a day. That's a single stage, but uh, so yeah, we'll we'll we're recovering that and more. Yeah, I think it's gonna be good. Back to racing. Ah, oh, dude, glory. This is why we started this whole damn podcast. <laughs> so it's glad that we actually get to do it. I know. Yeah. Sweet, man. Well, I'll see you next week. See ya.